What's up, everybody? John Hoover, All Sooners, AllSooners.com. Ryan Chapman, Randall Sweet. This is the post. This is the podcast. It's not the post game podcast, but if we're fast tomorrow, maybe we'll have a post game podcast. Guys, we kick off the Alamo Bowl tomorrow, 8:15 p.m. This is an interesting uh, setup that we've got here. These are the official Alamo Bowl helmets that they're using for all the press conferences. This is the official Alamo Bowl trophy. They just kind of left it in here for us, so we thought we'd use it as a prop. And these guys are studs. Y'all know that already. Who's ready for some Alamo Bowl action tomorrow night right here at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio? I, yeah, I'm just ready for it to be here almost. It feels like a whole month of lead up just for the debut, the soft opening as I've called it a couple of yeah. times of the Jackson Arnold era, because that's what it is, right? It's um, Seth Luttrell and Jackson Arnold and Joe John Finley, that brain trust is gonna head up Oklahoma's offense, get to debut that, see how that all works out. Part of that is why the Alamo Bowl's not going to be one of the bowl games that tests the in-helmet communication, because Seth Luttrell basically said, why would we do that when it's yeah. my first game with Jackson Art? Like, why overcomplicate it? We don't do that. We haven't done that all year. So you've got that going. Uh, this Oklahoma defense, basically everybody that's going to play uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night, outside of Woody Washington's to make a decision. Trace Ford has announced a decision um, that I've seen, but other than that, everybody else is coming back. So this is what the offense and defense, for the most part, is gonna look like headed into 2024 with some just couple of portal additions here and there to, yep. to plug the holes for some seniors. And and uh, we should get a decent idea of, of what Oklahoma's just jumping off point will be heading into spring practice and into the SEC. The, uh, the portal kept this team busy during the month of December, kept us busy, we know that. Um, Randall, aside from new faces in new places uh, in 2024, let's talk about tomorrow night. What stands out to you the most? What are you most intrigued to see? Yeah, I'm really interested to see, I mean, obviously you mentioned the, the new guys, but to see how this Oklahoma defense is able to uh, handle Arizona's offense. Now, um, you know, the coaches, um, you know, Brent Venables and company were asked about, and even Jed Fish today were asked about uh, Noah Fafita, Arizona's quarterback. Uh, yesterday, a lot of Arizona's players were asked about Fafita. And so with Danny Stetsman, with Billy Bowman, with, you know, Dejon Terry, uh, Jacob Lacey, with those guys all uh, announcing that they're coming back, uh, is that Oklahoma defense able to shut down Arizona's offense and kind of use this game as a springboard heading into next year into the SEC with, again, a lot of those defensive uh, standouts returning? Um, you know, I think it'll be really interesting to see how uh, they use that momentum. Yeah, I was looking up uh, real quick Noah Fafita, redshirt freshman quarterback. Uh, Brent Venables has a ton, of ex uh, a ton of respect for him. He has, guys, the number one game in the in all of college football this year, all of FBS football, the number one yardage game. 500 and, that's what I was looking up. I couldn't find it. I believe. 529 yards passing in one game. Uh, pretty ridiculous. And uh, Brent was talking today at the press conference, sitting right in this chair, I believe, uh, earlier today about uh, how they've got, they've got players all over the field, a couple of wide receivers, a stable of running backs, a big tight end that makes plays. So uh, his defense is going to be taxed. His defense is going to have a uh, very ch uh, challenge, uh, a stiff challenge ahead of him. But I'm with Ryan. I want to see the offense. I want to see what Seth Luttrell does. I want to see how much tempo he uses. Uh, I want to see uh, what Jackson Arnold does on third and 16. Do they say, go get him? Do they say, go, let's get the first down. Let's get this ball down the field. Or do they say, ah, you know what? Let's do a draw right here. And uh, let's uh, let's play for the next series. I, I want to see what they think of Jackson Arnold as a, a true freshman finishing his season. Well, and, and we talked with Seth Luttrell yesterday on Tuesday, 
Yeah, Tuesday. Sorry, Tuesday. The, the days the are days scrambled. Are um, and, and he basically, uh, Seth Luttrell had said like, with the 15 practices, getting a true freshman prepared for his first star, the verbiage is gonna be the same as Jeff Levy's system. And they're really, basically they're gonna be using Jeff Levy's playbook. It's just gonna be Seth Luttrell and the feel of him calling the plays. But he also said that every play caller has a personality. So we knew like for Jeff Levy, for instance, if Oklahoma got a big turnover in near midfield, what was happening on that very next play? OU was going deep and you didn't know where it was happening, but usually the, the field side, uh, th that, that's usually what was happening, right? With Jeff Levy, I I'm interested to see if we can start getting maybe a little feel for, hey, in this spot, Seth Luttrell knows he needs to go deep. Hey, in this spot, Seth Luttrell's been a head coach before, and so he's used a ton of tempo. Oklahoma hasn't strung together very many drives. The defense on the field. Suddenly you see Oklahoma try and chew three minutes off the clock, even if they have to pump the football, stuff like that. We just don't know. And so I think we can kind of start to get a little peek into that side of Seth Luttrell, the play caller, though. I'm not sure we'll see the wrinkles and things he wants to add to the system until 2024. Yeah, he said there's no reason to do that. Just like there's no reason to go with the radio communications. There's no reason to trash Jeff Levy's game plan at this point. Uh, they got to be who they are. And who they are, Randall, and we're not going to know this until later, who are they? They've got five, well, they've got three new starters on the offensive line. Guys have jumped out of the, in and out of the transfer portal. Guys have jumped in the transfer portal and are coming back to this roster. How does Oklahoma deal with that? How does Oklahoma go into a game, basically a couple of weeks practice, really, two, like it's like two weeks practice, and say, this is our starting five offensive linemen? And we saw the depth chart release um, earlier this week. Was it Monday? Anyway, a couple of days, a few days ago. Again, the days run together when you're on bowls, uh, bowl trips, and Christmas. They're yeah, impossible all together, for us to keep yeah. up with. But uh, just the, the fact that uh, the, the depth chart came out, uh, there's some true freshmen that are in the two deep now. There are some uh, guys that we don't know what their strengths and weaknesses are because they haven't really played much. Yeah, I mean, it looks like we'll get to see some Caleb Schaefer. It looks like we'll get to see some Troy Everett, which obviously two guys that we've seen uh, a little bit this season, yeah. but again, very little bit. Uh, guys who haven't played a ton. Uh, I think the, the one time we expected to see Caleb Schaefer the most, we ended up getting some Caden, um, Caden Green. Uh, and so I think it'll be interesting to see how those guys hold up against Arizona's um, defensive front. Obviously, uh, not a lot of uh, continuity along the offensive line. McCade Matoyer talked a little bit about that yesterday, mm -hmm. saying that it's a good thing that they have both him and Walter uh, both playing in this game because some of the guys that maybe aren't as familiar with the calls, with the communications, the checks, uh, that they would have one veteran guy who's started a lot of games at Oklahoma and uh, just in general in their careers on each side of the line who can kind of you know, reach down to their side, the left, whether it be left or right, and kind of uh, help help those offensive linemen get up to speed. But uh, aside from the communications, the precepts, pre-snap stuff, it'll be really interesting to see if those guys, Caleb Schaefer, Troy Everett, um, uh, can hang hang and handle um, what Arizona's defense, what that defensive line is going to throw at them. Um, and, and again, with with it being Jackson Arnold's first start. Um, you know, he'll, he'll have a lot on his plate dealing with, uh, you know, the offensive line in front of him. OU's run game this year has kind of picked it up at the end of the season, so we'll, it'll be really interesting to see if Everett, Schaefer, whoever uh, else is on that offensive line is able to um, really help keep that momentum in the, on the ground going. Yeah, I said three new starters. I discounted the fact that Jake Se Jacob Sexton started the last three games, I believe, of the regular season. So, uh, hey, let's talk about Arizona real quick. How impressive was is Jed, Jed Fish, a former longtime NFL coach. Uh, he's in his first, he, he, he can relate to Brent Venables in his first time as a head coach. 
but uh, he's been in the NFL while Brent was was you know working his magic at Oklahoma and at Clemson. Jed Fish was hopping from one NFL job to another, picking up the best of the picking up tips from the best of the best. Yeah, working under McVeigh, working under Belichick, working on a ton of different staffs. He worked with Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, so he saw an NFL guy come back to college, what that transition was back like, even though Harbaugh had obviously had obviously a ton of success at Stanford before. But uh, it's one of those things that this hits a little bit different, I think, when you see that um, the success that Arizona has had on the field is that you can say, hey, Jed Fish is a win the press conference guy. What does that amount to? Well, he's turned the program around. He has them humming. So it it, it uh, hits when Jed Fish comes in. He's really engaging. You can see why he's been able to recruit those guys to Arizona. You can see why he's been able to keep that group in Arizona because uh, we got to talk to uh, Carol and um, Nansen. Nansen, and yeah. Johnny Nansen, Nansen, yeah. Sorry. And uh, I was like, it's not Nelson. In my head, somehow I got Nelson. But no, the offensive and defensive coordinator, it's, it's a really engaging crew. I, yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed getting to talk to him. And, and you kind of saw that reflected from the Arizona players. And, and look, he, he's got himself a stud at quarterback, as you mentioned. And this is going to be a huge test for Oklahoma's secondary, which gave up passing yards to everybody in the country, it felt like. Um, as much as Oklahoma came up with the big stops, got interceptions, got goal line stops, they were not a good passing defense this past year still. And uh, it, it'll be interesting to see, is Jitcher Williams healthy? Is it kind of a platoon to get a bunch of those guys that were banged up uh, just into the offseason? So if anyone has to have any procedures or just has to rest for two or three weeks if they can get to that, I'm curious what that's going to look like because uh, Fish, Arizona, they want this game bad. So often in bowl games we talk about who's motivated. Ethan Downs said Oklahoma is, is viewing this. They're preparing for this. This is a championship game. That's how they're trying to view it. They want this. But Arizona, absolutely. They don't have to reframe anything in their minds. They didn't have any other expectations. They see a big-time bowl game when these guys haven't played in bowl games before on this Arizona roster against Oklahoma. They see this as a showtime, a chance that people are going to watch because Oklahoma's playing, so we want to show the world what Arizona football is. That's what Arizona's looking at this game. Yeah, um, the, the, when you ask Jed Fish about it, you ask uh, Brendan Carroll about it, it's, it's uh, what does this Oklahoma defense look to you? Yes, they give up a lot of yards. Yes, they have been susceptible to the pass, um, but they're good. The Oklahoma's been good in situational defense, red zone and third down. Oklahoma's been pretty good, at, okay in fourth down. Uh, but they're best at taking the football away. 26 takeaways, I think, lead the nation in interceptions. Randall, when you think about that and you think about a redshirt freshman quarterback who came in as a starter, midway, not midway through the season, but early in the regular season, uh, do you think Oklahoma is going to be more susceptible to big, pe big plays in the pass game? Or is Noah Fafita going to be more susceptible to turning the football over against a very opportunistic Oklahoma defense. Uh, well, you know, Jed Fish did kind of talk, touch on that today. He, he even mentioned that, um, you know, Noah Fafita would have to be extremely careful with the ball because of um, how potent this Oklahoma defense was at getting those takeaways. I think that um, he, uh, Noah Fafita all season has been pretty good at uh, not turning the ball over. Uh, I think that a lot of how Oklahoma's secondary performs is really, I know this kind of sounds like a cop-out answer, but it's, I think a lot of that is really going to depend on how their defensive front plays. If they can get some pressure on Noah Fafita, if they can kind of make him panic back there, get him out of the pocket, that's when I think that Oklahoma's defense will have the chance to kind of make some of those plays. Um, you know, a younger guy under duress, uh, and you know, not making the defensive backs have to cover for too long because uh, as, as we mentioned, those Arizona receivers are really talented. Brent Venables said it, they've got some guys there who will probably probably play in the NFL. Um, and so, you know, if you can make those guys um, 
if you can make Oklahoma's defensive backs not have to cover for as long, if you can shorten the time that Fafita has to throw the ball, I think that's what's really going to bode well for Oklahoma's defense. So I think if they want to have success in the passing game, then they're going to have to get pressure up front, which honestly is something that they've struggled with at times this season. They have absolutely struggled. Uh, the Oklahoma, one of the top de defenses in the country for tackles for loss and uh, not so much for quarterback sacks. You, those, those two things usually go hand in hand, but when it comes to you – you guys remember the uh, early parts of the season when it was, well, they were throwing quick stuff on us and uh, – Max well, protection. Ma they had Max protect on us. And at some point you have to get quarterback sacks, and yeah. Oklahoma has been not good all season long at getting quarterback sacks. Yeah, it would be interesting if we see – we know Armason Thomas was dealing with not one but two ankle sprains that Brett Venables had said at some point during the season. Uh, PJ, he didn't get as many snaps kind of down the stretch there. So uh, if those guys are first off like farther along in their development process with PJ and healthier with Armason Thomas, does that mean that suddenly Oklahoma has has a little bit more juice in that pass rush? Because Rondell Bothroy and Ethan Downs did a great job holding up, I thought, in run defense for, for the most part this year, which is why they have so many tackles for loss without the sack production. Uh, that'll all be on display. If they don't get pressure, the defense is going to get shredded. And this will be a track meet very, very quickly yeah. uh, on Thursday night, which isn't the worst thing for an 8-15. A yeah. lot of points to we'll keep us rolling. Here. We're going to be here late into the evening. Mm -hmm. uh, Ryan mentioned the coaching staff for the Arizona Wildcats. Uh, an impressive bunch, the guys that we were exposed to, the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, and the head coach. I think we got a little bit of a taste of some impressive guys on the Oklahoma side as well. Got to talk to Ted Roof. He was right down there uh, holding court, making everybody laugh, cracking up. I was standing here about where the camera is right now, uh, pointing at Seth Luttrell. Uh, Joe John Finley was at that end of the table. Seth Luttrell, Joe John Finley, first time we've gotten to talk to them since their promotions. Uh, certainly first time for Seth, first time for Joe John since August, I believe. Uh, what'd you make of those guys and what they said and how they presented themselves? Well, I, I thought it was hilarious that, um, you know, when they brought all the Oklahoma players out, they brought out Ted Roof, Seth Luttrell, Joe John Finley. Pretty much the entire room's questions were devoted to Seth and Joe John Finley. Yeah. Even the moderator tried. Like the tried. first eight questions <laughs> yeah. were those two guys. Even, even like the it. moderator tried to try to spread it out. Yep. He even brought some questions in from social media uh, to ask some of the other guys. That's that's how much we wanted to hear from Latrell and Joe John mm -hmm. Finley. But I think if you're an Oklahoma fan, those two guys said everything that you want to hear. I, I mean, like Ryan mentioned, Huvaska, the money quest or got the money response from uh, Seth Latrell when he said, "I've been trying to get back to Oklahoma for 23 years." I think Joe John Finley's quote was, "When Oklahoma called him." A couple of years ago, what was it three years ago, mm -hmm. to to come out on staff, he said he couldn't get in the car fast enough, <laughs> uh, and so I, I think um, you know uh, it obviously shows that those guys um, want to be at Oklahoma, and I think that that's one thing that's really important to Brent Venables. And I mean, additionally, hearing them just kind of talk about the you know the way they approach the game, you know, Seth Luttrell saying. I've been in systems where we had to run 50 times. I've been in systems where we had to throw 50 times, you know, um, talking about how he can be really versatile with his game plan. He kind of bends it around, um, you know, what uh, what the talent on his team provides him. You know, he's not, uh, you know, sticking to his script no matter what. And so I think that, um, I think that that coming out of those two guys was uh, really encouraging if you're an Oklahoma fan. And while uh, we obviously won't see Seth Luttrell's offense um, you know, in full effect on or tomorrow night. Uh, I think it will be interesting to see, you know, how he does as a, you know, a play caller uh, at Oklahoma on the sidelines. Yeah, I just posted that story uh, on um, on Seth Luttrell and and what the Arizona uh, defensive coaching staff is is trying to go back to. They they said they, they and I don't 
I don't know how true this is, but they said they went back to North Texas. Obviously, he was a head coach uh, two years ago. Um, no, last year. Um, right, 2022, yeah. Uh, they went back to his time as offensive coordinator in North Carolina, obviously. That was his last time as OC calling the plays, right? You got to check that out. They went back to Indiana when he worked for Kevin Wilson. And being in Arizona, they pulled up some old Arizona tape when he worked for Mike Stoops. This was 20 years ago. Feels like 20 years ago. Uh, but I thought that was interesting. Uh, they, they're not able to get a read on, on um, what Seth tendencies wants to do as offensive coordinator. What about this new quarterback? Seth came out and said, hey, we need to put guys in position to win football games. That's, that's going to be our task. Yeah, and, and uh, the Arizona staff joked that they've got a lot of GAs and a lot of extra time on their hands to keep guys busy. But I, I think one of the issues that Arizona's going to run into, Seth Luttrell was very versatile throughout his offensive coordinating career up to this point. He, he talked about, you know, um, as you guys were saying, like, I've been in offenses where we've thrown it 50 times. I've been in offenses where we've run it 50 times. And Seth Luttrell does not sound like a guy that's married to this is my system, I have to run this. He's like, I've got principles, I've got tendencies, but he wants to evaluate what do my guys do well? How do I put those guys in a position? So I, I don't know if in a in a bowl game scenario when you have no prior film with this offensive personnel, if there's anything Arizona can do other than yeah. say, let's just figure out what Jeff Levy's playbook is and just, he, and, and Jetfish basically said, run your base stuff, run it well, adjust. And I think that's kind can't of the spot. Ghosts. That, yeah, yeah that's can't that's chase ghosts. That, that's the spot that Arizona's going to be in uh, tomorrow night. That's the thing. Can't chase ghosts mm -hmm. if you're Arizona's defense. Uh, Seth Luttrell, new coordinator, new tempo of calling plays, a new uh, idea of what he wants the plays to, you know, you set up, you call one play to set up another play. But you've got a new quarterback. You've got, uh, you, you're losing, uh, your backup quarterback has entered the transfer portal, even though he stayed. Uh, you're not your backup. Right? You're right? Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. Act, you're acting back. Davis Bell, the Davis acting Bell. back. The guy who was third string is now second string, even though he entered the transfer portal and is coming back. I'm so confused. Uh, you've got a wide receiver who entered the transfer portal, LB Bunkley Shelton, yesterday. Portal was quiet for about two weeks, wasn't it? Week and a half? Yeah, it feels like there were two waves of guys. The guys that were portaling yeah. to opt out, knowing that, hey, I've played enough. I'm just looking for a, a bigger role elsewhere or guys that maybe needed these bowl reps to say, I need to probably be featured in this game before I hit the transfer portal. And uh, I think that might be like an LV Bunkley Shelton because he's got no OU tape. Anyone recruiting yeah. LV Bunkley Shelton's going back to Arizona, so yeah. Arizona State, excuse me. So um, yeah, I think that's kind of some of the weirdness in the portal. I had a panic attack today. I was, uh, I typed hashtag Wildcats on a tweet and then I froze and I thought, wait a minute, did I type Sun Devils yesterday? I typed Sun Devils yesterday. What story did I type Sun Devils in? Oh my God, I screwed up and called this Arizona the Sun Devils. The entire fan base is going to fillet me. And then I realized, oh yeah, I did type Sun Devils. Because LV Bunkley Shelton was at Arizona State. He was a Sun Devil. <laughs> That's the kind of panic attacks we have here at All Sooners. Sports media. Sports media, man. Well, you... Tweets and stories and videos and podcasts. You talked about Jackson Arnold. I thought it was interesting, and, and you guys might have already said that uh, I think it was, yeah, I can't remember if it was Nansen or Fish that said that they'd watched um, Arnold at, I think Nansen said that they watched Arnold at BYU, uh, they would watch some of his BYU tape, yeah. and then Fish saying that they even watched him going back to high school to kind of mm -hmm. look at some of what he offered in that way. And so I think that um, 
they, the, that Arizona staff is doing their due diligence on scouting Jackson Arnold as much as they can. But again, there's not a lot of tape in, and I think that with the new combination of coordinator and quarterback, like you said, Arizona knows that they can't, that there's only so much they can do, and eventually they just have to play their own brand of football. Yeah. Time for a quick word from our sponsor. Don't fast forward. I'm serious. Regarding retirement, if you guys know, do you know what your largest risk is in retirement? It is longevity. The longer you live, the longer you're going to have things like a stock market crash or taxes are going to go up or you're going to have inflation eating into your retirement funds. Uh, there's one and only one way to take longevity risk off the table and that is with guaranteed lifetime income. With guarantee, If you don't have guaranteed lifetime income stream, guess what? Uh, the math and the science proves that you're not going to be happy in retirement because you're going to be worried all the time. You're going to be afraid of running out of money. The longer you live, the more money you're going to need on the back end. So our friends at Infinite Asset Advisors are going to hook you up if you're afraid of running out of money. Uh, they're going to show you how to make sure you have guaranteed paychecks coming in to cover your basic expenses, and they're going to make sure that you can use your other investments. This is the big part for your income, for your paychecks, so you can live comfortably. Just visit the, we the website, infiniteassetadvisors.com, or call 512-710-0130. I know who's gonna be watching the Alamo Bowl. It's the guys at infiniteassetadvisors.com because they're lifelong Sooner fans. Ryan, let's continue the conversation. Physicality is what Seth Luttrell said he wants this offense to look like. Did you get the sense that Jeff Levy's offense this year and or last year was physical? Uh, at times, yeah. Like you think to this year's Texas game, I thought that they, that's a really good Texas defensive line and oh, you made them look like not a really good Texas defensive line. Yeah, so I, I thought true. that there were times that they looked physical. That's how they can play. Yeah, right? I, I just thought that much like everything the past two years with Jeff Levy's offense, it was aggressively inconsistent. Like the inconsistency was the only thing you could count on, I felt like, well, and jet, that and jet sweeps. There, were, there was consistency, <laughs> it was jet sweeps, and they all sucked. Yeah. Um, but, well, I think they scored on one. Most of them sucked. Uh, so yeah, I, the physicality, I, I think that you're gonna get that just because um, I, I think that the Arizona staff, Jed Fish talked about today, when you are used to having your week-to-week -week practice schedule and every Saturday you get to go and hit and, and beat up on another football team and you've been in-house and you've been hitting just each other for 15 days, we hear this when it comes to end of spring, you hear this when it comes to the end of fall camp, the guys just want to go out and hit somebody else, you know what I mean? I, I think you're going to see that, especially because this game is not an opt-out fiesta. This is not the Orange Bowl that has 40 combined guys, whether through injury, transfer, all that stuff. This is a game where both teams are, are looking to finish a good year on a high and try and carry some momentum. And so, yeah, I, I think that uh, both these teams are going to be really physical. And I think that, that that's one of those things that, I mean, Seth Luttrell's a Muskogee guy. You know what I mean? Like, if, if Muskogee, Oklahoma, you pick you up by your collar, that's what it's going to be. It, it's not going to be glitz and glamour and flash and all that. It's going to be gritty and it's going to be hard hitting, and whether you're offense or defense. I think that's what Seth Luttrell wants to be. And, and I. I think that a lot of that physicality is also going to come because I think a lot of guys are playing for like their jobs next year. Really, I mean, if you if you look at the the, the bowl game last year, you know, uh, we got to see you know the, our first taste of Savion Bird, of some of these other offensive linemen, of a guy like a Gavin Sawchuk, and, and obviously it didn't necessarily work out at OU for Bird, but 
um, just the same principle of getting to see some of those newer guys, I think that, that those guys, uh, I think that'll really lead to them playing hard, you know, them, them wanting to prove themselves, whether it be, you know, to, to get some more tape before next year or before going into the portal, uh, whatever, I think that a lot of those guys are going to play hard for that. And by the way, that school record 527 yards passing by Noah Fafita came in the Wildcats' most recent game against Arizona State. 527 yards. Uh, Oklahoma's going to have to be physical on offense, and Brent Venables and Ted Roof are going to have to find a way for this defense to be physical as well. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like I said earlier, I think that um, all these guys coming back, I think if you are Oklahoma's defense, it gives you a really good opportunity to use this game as a springboard heading into the SEC if you're able to be physical, if you're able to play well up front. Um, you know, especially I think the the really key part for Oklahoma is the secondary and the linebackers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously the linebackers we've been kind of pointing at all year as uh, when Danny Stutzman's not healthy or the linebacker next to him have, have had some struggles. Um, you know, a team that likes to throw the ball a lot, it'll be um, really key for those guys to be able to drop in coverage and play well there. Uh, obviously, you know, you said the secondary, if, if they don't get, uh, if the defensive line up front is not physical, if they're not able to get pressure, if they're not able to get, put Noah Fafita um, in some tricky situations, then like you said, the secondary is going to get torched. Uh, and it's going to be a long, long night for Oklahoma's defense if they're not physical, especially up front, and especially, I guess, the front seven in general, linebackers and defensive line, really. He makes a great point. If Danny Stutzman is healthy, Oklahoma's defense is probably going to be a heck of a lot better than yeah. if he's not. Uh, what are you hearing? What's the latest from on the Oklahoma? Uh, what's the way to say it? Health front? I, I mean, I, my expectation is that both both Danny Stutzman and Gentry Williams will play. They probably start. I just I think you're going to see a ton of rotation, um, from, especially at the linebacker spot for all four guys: McKenzie, Kip Lewis, Jaron Canick, uh, Stutzman. Uh, when Stutzman came on the radio show with you know Eddie and I, kind of. After he announced he was coming back, he talked about the ankle was still bothering him a little bit. He talked about the elbow injury that had flared up a little bit on top of the, the shoulder stinger he had been dealing with from early, early, early. And so, yeah, having a couple of weeks to, to mend, things like that. But these guys are still working in practice, all that stuff. I, I would expect this is a situation where Danny Stutz, like if this were college football playoff game, big 12 championship game, Danny Stutz been play him 100% of the snaps, he can absolutely do that. I just think it would be one of those things of you're almost to an off season where you can have a few weeks to truly take some time off, things like that. Get those guys fully healed up, ready to go for winter workouts, spring football, that's a priority. So I would imagine you're just gonna see a pretty healthy rotation at linebacker. I think you're gonna see a pretty healthy rotation at corner. And uh, I, I think that you're gonna see um, some rotation at safety, whether it between Reggie Pearson, Robert Spears Jennings, Peyton Bowen, who's healthier, guys like that. I, I think it's gonna look like, hesitate to, to say this, almost the Grinch days as, as far as just, here's two guys, here's two guys, here's two guys. Just cause the last thing you want, I know that both these teams wanna win this game, it's more important to have those guys healthy for winter workouts and spring football than to play 95% of the snaps and, and have a, a big injury that then sets you back and you miss half a spring, something like that. Randall, uh, Gavin Sawchuk and Tawi Walker are the co-starters at running back. Um, if we're going to switch back to the offense real quick, um, what are your thoughts about Tawi Walker jumps in the portal, sticks around, He's, he's allowed to go shop himself to, for, in search of a scholarship or a starting job. But Gavin Sawchuk was the best 
one of the best players, if not the best player on the field the last five weeks of the season. Yeah, I mean, uh, OU's running game in general really um, had a strong close to the year, especially after we kind of critiqued them a lot at the beginning of the year. They, they really started slow, but, um, you know, Tawi Walker himself had a few um, big games in there, and really Gavin Sawchuk, like you said, just closed out the year on a really, really high note. Um, I think it'll be really interesting to see how both of those guys perform with um, you know two different offensive linemen in there, uh, interior offensive linemen in there, especially you know those guys are really important in run schemes and such. But um, I think that uh, you know, like you said, uh, Brent Venables understands that uh, you know Tawi Walker. He's done a lot. Um, he's had a pretty good year. Uh, he wants to go find a scholarship somewhere. But uh, I think that from what we're understanding, if if that situation doesn't work out for, for Tawi, if he isn't able to find a scholarship somewhere he likes, then I think that he's still got um, a spot back on the team if he would like to come back. So I think that um, maybe that uncertainty is kind of what um, causes that gray area that, mm -hmm. that makes it okay for him to play in the game. But I think that if, if you're OU, it's big, it's big to have him play in this game uh, because, you know, like we've probably I mean, mentioned before, Dalen Smothers, Marcus Major, yeah. both in the portal. So, you know, you, you don't really have a lot of running back depth if Tawi Walker is not playing in this game. And again, after Gavin Sawchuk, he really looked like the best back you had this year. Now, to be fully transparent, uh, Javante Barnes is listed as a co-starter. Co I don't know if you guys caught that. Uh, it's Gavin Sawchuk or Tawi Walker or Javante Barnes. I think that's being nice to Javante Barnes and maybe dangling a little, uh, dangling something out there for him. Maybe he doesn't want to jump in the transfer portal. Um, I'm looking at the uh, secondary. Key Lawrence is, uh, is in the transfer portal. He's not coming back. He's already committed to Ole Miss, so he's gone. Um, and the, you look at who the starters are in secondary. Reggie Pearson and Robert Spears Jennings at that safety position. The other safeties, Billy Bowman, Peyton Bowen, and Dave McCulloch. No Key Lawrence. Looks like it could be making a difference in that one spot. Yeah, I think that it Sure, but I think that it's going to be it, it'll be Reggie Pearson, uh, Peyton Bowen, and Robert Spears Jennings, and then Billy Bowen's going to play a lot. I, I think that people are kind of accustomed to that. There had been, you know, when Pearson missed the game, it was the rotation sub Key Lawrence for Pearson, stuff like that. Um, I I don't think you're really going to notice that a whole lot. I, I think that if any, if anything, I think Oklahoma fans want to see more Peyton Bowen and Robert Spears Jennings. Yeah, I, I was going to say I think that this might be a game where um, you know you mentioned you don't want to you know. If this was college football playoff, maybe you play those veteran guys 95% of the snaps. But being what the situation is, I think that this is a game that maybe Robert Spears, Jennings, Peyton Bowen get a lot of run because, um, you know, the younger guys is a good opportunity to get them some good reps against really good competition, especially heading into the SEC next year. You know, mm -hmm. kind of get get their feet wet a little more, get them some confidence, get them s some more snaps, um, some more looks at good competition before they head into the toughest division in college football. Yeah, that's pretty uh, pretty well said. Um, you guys, let's wrap this up. What do you want to, what do you want to finish with? What I mean, we've talked I, about the high points and we've talked about the, the takeaways and we've talked about what stood out to us. Yeah, I, just real quick, a, a pitch if anything. Uh, over at All Sooners, we we did write a story this morning on the seven super duper early enrollees. The early the, enrollees, the, the transfer portal newcomers as well. Yeah, the the true freshmen that what are already here. I'm not thinking, so uh, apologies. I, it was, I don't want to rifle through everything they said because it was all in the story. So listen here, go read the story. Uh, Ethan Downs had some fun uh, comments about it. Billy Bowman did, yep. as did Ted Roof. So head over to uh, allsooners.com. Uh, great comments about you know Nigel Smith, Jane Jackson, uh, those guys as well as hit up all of our videos as well that, that are up there. Yeah, newcomers uh, in, the, in the form of, since our last podcast, uh, tight end Bauer Sharp, I think we got him in. Uh, offensive lineman from North Texas, where uh, Seth Latrell was previously the head coach for Vecchi Nuaiwu. 
Um, that's the two newest arrivals in the uh, in the uh, in the uh, transfer portal. My man Randall is on his way day after tomorrow, so got game day, and then he's going to jump on a plane at 5 a.m. and fly to Orlando, Florida, for the uh, Under Armour All American Next game, which is what I did last year because our bowl game was in Orlando, Florida. Well, this year he's going to fly to Orlando. He's going to be covering all the Sooners that are down there in the All American game, and then guess what? He's going to jump on a plane and fly back across the Gulf of Mexico land in San Antonio and cover the uh, Under Armour, not the Under Armour, but the, it's the Adidas uh, All-American Bowl, All Bowl presented here, by Peacock here in this game, <laughs> in this stadium. So yeah, you're getting pretty excited about that, I know. I am very excited. It'll be super cool to see a bunch of these uh, Sooners commits against, uh, you know, all in the same place against a bunch of other top uh, commits from around the country. Uh, I think that we'll get a, uh, a visitor from overseas in one of those games, a yeah. Sooners commit from London, so that'll be really interesting to see what he looks like. Signee now. Signee, that's, that's right. right. Yeah, commit's not the, not the right word anymore. Um, but, but I'm very excited to see those guys, I get to talk to them, again, see them against a lot of the top competition. I also wanted to point out, if you guys haven't seen it yet, uh, go check the uh, OU football Instagram. Our <laughs> man Ryan made a uh, guest appearance there, so definitely go check that one out. Him uh, with his best friends, McCade Matoy or Drake Stoops. Yeah, McCade, uh, he dominated me in a scrum. It's what it, it happens. He it, blocks for a living. What do you expect? Like, <laughs> you, you had that look. He you, blocked you, Ryan into a locker as well. Listen, he, <laughs> listen, he was not the only person, it sounds like, that's been dominated in a scrum around uh, here this weekend. I was, so. I was about to make that, uh, that same joke, but... <laughs> Shout out to everyone who is here in San Antonio. Yep, fun stuff. It's been a fun week. Uh, we got here yesterday? Was yeah, it? yeah, I think so. And we're leaving <laughs> day after tomorrow, so uh, yeah, 8.15 8 p.m. kickoff. They actually said, depending on the Cheez-It Bowl, uh, sorry, the Pop-Tarts Bowl uh, kickoff or end of that game, I mean, depending on when that game ends, they might delay our game a little bit. So if you click on the TV and you see uh, 8.15 and it's not on yet, sit tight because they're going to probably delay it a little bit. They officially said that by the end of the third quarter of the Pop-Tart Bowl, they'll make that determination. So be sure you're following us <laughs> at John E. Hoover, at Mr. Right. Ryan Chapman, at Randall Sweet uh, 5. Yes. Yeah, yeah Randall Very Sweet good. 5. Very hey, good. hey. Uh, I'm sure that announcement will be filtered out to us just so that they can, uh, we can filter it out to you. So right. about 8.30, I'm projecting an 8.30 uh, kickoff. What, what, uh, what flavor Pop-Tart you think are in the Pop-Tarts? It's the, it's the strawberry. Oh, okay. It's the OG. It's the, it's the frosted strawberry Makes up in sense. the Pop-Tarts, yeah. The, is it a football or is it a helmet? This, this the, no, no, it, no, the Pop-Tart. The Pop-Tart, it looks just football, like this, except, except with a different base. And, and there's Pop-Tarts. Yeah. Pop-Tarts coming out of the top of it. Exactly. What's better than that? I, I Not Cheez-Its, Pop-Tarts greater than cheeses. What's I, better I would than take that? some Pop-Tarts coming out of this trophy right now. Yeah, yeah. what's better than that? Me Tierra, which is where we go next. Woo! We're getting ready to go eat some uh, fantastic Mexican food. Me Tierra uh, down at the Market Market Square is the best Mexican food I've ever had. And we had Paisanos last night. Incredible. Shrimp Paisano at Paisanos. Keep those folks in business because they're the best <laughs> food on the planet, if, at least that I've ever had. If, it's if, amazing. If last night's... Um, if as, as busy as last night was any indication, I think they'll be okay. <laughs> they should yeah, be good. For sure. They should be shut down the restaurant. It was too full. We had to eat at the bar. Hey, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week on the All Sooners podcast. Where do you find that one? And all of our podcasts? You can find them on Google. You can find them on iHeart. You can find them on Spotify, Podbean, Apple. Anywhere you get your podcast, if you have an Amazon-enabled device, just say, Alexa, play the All Sooners podcast. She'll hook you up. It's also posted on our website, allsooners.com where you can listen on your phone your phone your tablet or your computer and of course all of our shows videos to all of our shows are posted on my youtube channel john hoover media for ryan chapman for randall sweet i'm john hoover see you guys <laughs>